something like that. that the Rambam says one of the conditions one of the preconditions of tshuva is that a person <coughs> should have such a devotion to avoiding doing the Avera that Yodaya Talumais HaKadosh Baruch Hu that knows the innermost workings of a person will testify so you've got the being that is the most insightful and incisive in his perspective of what the person is to the deepest recesses of his soul and the most faithful testimony you could ever have and he will testify on you that you'll never do that ever again so we asked many shailas how can that be a person's got Bechira so today's Abshat from Rabshom Zalman Orbach Rabshom Zalman nothing to be scoffed at Um, and he said that so the, the, the Lecha Mishnah I think it's the Lecha Mishnah already asks the Kasha and says what do you mean we ask the Kasha person has Bechira you can't ever say that person will never do a, an Avera ever again because then where did his Bechira go Rabbi Zalman says it from a different perspective it says Tzadik Sheva Pa'amim Yipol Vakam the nature of a Tzadik is one that falls it's the nature of a tzaddik. A tzaddik isn't a person that only ever does the right thing. The nature of a tzaddik is a person that when he does the wrong thing, he makes a comeback. That's the difference between a tzaddik and a rasha. Not whether you do the wrong thing. Everyone does the wrong thing. But a tzaddik, once he's done the wrong thing, he uses it as a stepping stone to his next madraga. And then he falls again. And, then it's, and that's what a tzaddik is. A tzaddik shiver part me because... It's not saying that tzaddik lechatchila is lo'olam lo'yipol. But the eved... Sheva Pahamim Yipovakam. Nay! Tzaddik means that the Tzaddik is a person who's Sheva Pahamim Yipovakam. Himamish falls, gets up, falls, gets up, falls, gets up. That's what a Tzaddik is. So he says, if so, it's not a Mahalach to not fall. It's a Mahalach to fall. That's Rav Shem Zalman's Kasha. So that, that brings into this Marshal, which apparently is a Marshal for that Rav Hutna. Rav Hutna explains the Marshal in this way. You have people who are holding hands dancing in a circle and the rhythm of the dance is such that as you go up and down so there's a the, the dance is movement there's this there's, there's music in the background but the dancers in the dance so their heads bow down and are raised up and their bodies go down and raised up and that what's, that's what gives the rhythm and the movement to the dance that's the aesthetic beauty of the dance is the fact that there's movement involved if you'd have a group of people that would be going around in a geometric, geometric fashion, barely moving a limb in their body, there wouldn't be a dance. There would be stagnation. A dance is that there's a flow, and the flow is in the movement, and the movement is going down and coming up, and there's a linking of the hands. So it says the process of growth in tshuva, that's what tshuva is about. Tshuva is that you go down and you go up, but the going down and going up is not a bidi evid. That's the movement of the dance of life, and you're linked in hands. And that's the chizuk you get when you grow b'chabura. When you grow b'chabura, so as you go up and down, you're not disconnected from the people around you. And that gives you, that propels you around. That creates the rhythm that you keep on going around together and linked. I thought there was a phenomenal expression of an approach to tshuva. Because it takes away this unrealistic expectation of, okay, so I'm going to be perfect. On that trip, Shalom says, Pshat in the Rambam is, he says that, the Rambam says, your dad Talamois, the Noah, the, the one that knows the mysteries will testify that you'll be never got to that hate. He says, and it may take you 26 years. 
And then Rabbi Shlomo Zalman said of himself, he said, I've been working on my Midasakas for 26 years and I feel now that I've conquered it. But he says, therefore, when he did shiver on Kais 26 years ago, your dad Taluma has already said that you won't come to that gate. But just as a process until you get there. So I thought that is a phenomenal mahalach, which is something which is very realistic in Shiva. That the Vort in Shiva, and this is also, it's also reflected in, in Rabbi Israel, that the Vort in Shiva isn't necessarily to make the transformation on the spot, but it's to prepare in Lamdas, in the Koyach, in the potential that the transformation has occurred, it just needs time to develop and pan out. You need to dance the dance of Shiva. Well, as we say in America, dance, the dance of children. Where's Tamir when I need him? Do we just resign to the fact that the Juba now, but I know it's not really Juba until 26 years from now. So it's like that you have to start thinking a sticker like a London, Micha. And I think you can. Because as I said, the more I know you, the more I like you. That is independent of your Kirch in Lambdas. But nevertheless, um, yes. In other words, that's called tshuva. Uh, we learned recently in Perik Lulav Agazul. According to most Rishonim, a lulav, which is taken from an Irani Dachas, a wayward city, where the din on the property of the cities is going to be burnt, cannot be used on Sukkot. Why not? Because there's not enough lulav there. What do you mean? I've got this gigantic lulav. I've got a... a, a, a some of these briskers, they have these like twin... 12 foot, 12 foot lula of him. They like become this, the Sakonis and the Foshes to go within 50 minute, 50 meter radius of them. So, and that has no shiur on, wow, what do you mean? It's there, it's completely. LMI, you look to where it's going and you, since it's going to be burnt, it's as if it's disintegrated right now. But it feels so strong. A person that puts himself in the path of tshuva, he's a tzadigamur. But koyach, he just has to have time to realize it. It's like a, it's when you, a person takes a slow-acting drug. He takes a drug now, but the effects are in the next right. hours and days. So it's like what you were saying before, like when you have, you should have karata, not guilt. Meaning, each time you're going to make the same mistake, like karata, you don't kill yourself in guilt. No, tzaddik shev and you get up. Right. The, 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 the kima comes from the fact that you have a healthy relationship to the notion of a fall. A person who, who lives with guilt, he never gets up from a fall. He just wallows in it. And then he wallows in it, and then he wallows in the fact that he's wallowing in it, and then he wallows in the fact that he's wallowing, wallowing, and then he wallows in the wallowing, and then he wallows in the wallows. It's like wallowing in the wallows. Ah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's what we said as an akdama to our context. But let's go on to what we were doing yesterday. What we were doing yesterday is we were learning how to learn Musa. As you recall. And we took as an example for this process the first chapter of the Mesilis Tashari. Amazing work of the Ramchal. And the Ramchal says, Yesoid HaChasidus Yesoid HaChasidus Yesoid The foundation that's built and laid and has to be worked on. HaChasidus Hachasidus, the lifni mishuras adin that comes mitoich ava rishveish the flames of love within the soul v'shoyesh avoidahatamimo and the perfect root of the perfect surface yisoid hachasidus 
What is it? Where that root? How do we dig that foundation? How do we plant that root? It's very simple. It should be crystal clear to you and it should be real. What is his obligation in his world? And where do you have to cast your gaze in all the effort that you place in your life? We said yesterday, two kashas. The Messiah goes on in the rest of the paragraph and he says, And what is your obligation in the world? It's to do mitzvahs. And why do you do mitzvahs? Because mitzvahs get you to Olam And what happens when you get to Olam You're able to get the ultimate pleasure and derive benefit from the radiance of the Shekhinah, which is the highest level and degree of pleasure a person could ever, ever, ever experience. So really, the obligation is to do the mitzvahs and the gaze is to Olam That's what we said. If so, we've got two problems in the first three lines of the Ramchal. The first problem is, why does he say his obligation in his world, making it personalized? He should say man's obligation in the world, because mitzvahs are generic, they're not specific. The second point we made was, if his motivation and what drives him to do the mitzvahs is his pursuit of pleasure, which means it's really selfishly inspired, it's because he wants something in it for himself. He doesn't really care about the Rebishter. Rather, he wants to become, ah, I want that pleasure, and my way of getting it is by doing mitzvahs. So it's really, he's a pleasure seeker, he's a hedonist. He's just much more sophisticated in his hedonism. A normal hedonist seeks pleasure in the pleasures of flesh. He seeks the pleasures of the soul. But at the end of the day, they're both pleasure seekers. The only distinction between them is where their pleasure lies. But intrinsically, they're the same self selfishly inspired individual and if so how can it be a foundation of Hasidus how can it be a root to avoid the Tamima that was the second question we had which we did not answer yesterday good before we go there I would like to expand a little bit about what we discussed yesterday because I feel that it's very important what I'm going to do is use the Hakdama of the Ramchal in Derech Hashem to explain that. So let's go in, in order to explain upon what we began discussing yesterday, I'd like to uh, refer to the last paragraph in the Ramchal's Hakdama to Derech Hashem. And he says the following, Kurasi Shema Sefer Azeh, obviously refer, referring to Derech Hashem. Kurasi Shema Sefer Azeh Derech Hashem. I've called the name of this Sefer Derech Hashem. Kihinei, who klal midrach of his Shmoy. This is the way that Akash Bolchu works. The, the, oh, the, the principles of the Abishta's ways. Shegilalon Alidei Neviyov, that was revealed to us through his prophets. Vahidiyanu Besayros, and he told us through his Torah. Uvahem menhalenu. And with these drachim, these ways, the Rebishta guides us, manages us, not only us, all the creations. So I've given you an insight into the operating mechanism of the very inner workings of the world. And I've divided up the Sefer, sefer into four parts. The first Rishon, the first Chalik discusses, the first portion discusses the basis 
of the creation and its details. The second part deals with Hashem's providence, the way He guides the world. The third part deals with Nevoa, and the fourth part deals with our service of Hashem. And now, my brother, any person that seeks Hashem, walk in this way. And Hashem should be with you. He should give you the eyes to see, and the ears to hear, the hidden mysteries of his Torah. Amen. So he says he's divided up the Sefer into four parts. The parts are, the first part is the way the world is, the foundation points of the Metzius, of the reality. The second part is Hashkocha works. The third part is Nevoah, and the fourth part is Avoida. Now, out of those four parts, the only part which is relevant for us is the fourth part, that's Avoida. So one may think, if so, the Sefer Be'etzem is not a Sefer Avoida. The Sefer is there to tell me, Yadiyas, I need to know knowledge. I need to have an awareness. I need to be informed in regard to how these things are. But if so, the last sentence of the Hakdama makes no sense. And he looks at you, and he looks at you, and he looks at you, and he says, You're my brother. Come, I'll take you by the hand. And you're a Mavakesh Hashem. You're a Mavakesh Hashem. You want to come to Derech Hashem. You want to do what the Abishta wants. You want to enlighten yourself into that hidden, mysterious world which is in front of you and accessible, but so far away. But Derech Hazeleich, walk upon this way. What do you mean, Derech Hazeleich? Vashemi Imcha. He's telling us, he's taking us on a journey. When you go on a journey, it means you participate in the journey. He doesn't say, and now my brother, let me teach you ideas. Then it wouldn't be a voider. He says, He's describing a progression that you have to move through the Sefer. Meaning the Sefer from beginning to end is a halicha. It's a trip. It's a journey. Meaning, knowing about Nevoah is a voider. Knowing about a is and a voider. If a person claims to be a Navi today, what do you do with him? <laughs> well, skill is a bit of a, bit of a fanatic response to his, to his claim to Nevoah. I would say you, you recommend him a, a, good, a good therapist. Pashto is a psychiatrist. There's a, there's a once a cruel joke played by a Yeshiva Bochim on a friend of theirs that there was a particular Bochim that was uh, <coughs> becoming a little bit too fulfilled. And he'd stay late in the base Medrash and learn Musa, Bukhul Otsev, late at night and no one be around. And he, in his mind, unfortunately, as he thought he was growing further and further and developing to becoming a bigger and bigger tzaddik, he's just filling himself with more and more and more religious gaiva. So he'd sit late at night and go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And his name was, I don't know what his name was, let's imagine that his name was Shimon. Oh, yeah. Apparently, it's a true story. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he'd be alone in the base majors, and the lights would be off, and he'd be sitting in the base majors, swaying in the darkness, and feeling that he must be the holiest man in the world. And what his um, friends did is they climbed into the ceiling of the base majors, and in a pause, in a pause, in a pause, in his chanting, obviously they had a friend who had 
capacity to project a deep voice and they went Shimon Shimon <laughs> and he stopped and when he heard the voice he continued with renewed fervor <laughs> ready to experience his first real nevoah <laughs> but we don't have nevoah anymore he's a meshugana a valgaiva religiously yeah we don't have nevoah so why is it relevant for our avoider to know about Nevoah? The Ramchal is presenting us with Yediyos. So you see a Chidush in the Ramchal and it's an amazingly powerful Chidush. It's something that we all have to internalize in the deepest possible way. And that is, if you want to go B'derech Hashem, you cannot begin walking B'derech Hashem as long as your way of Happing the world is not accurate. Before you have a world, you can't begin to walk and become a citizen of that world. Building the idea is not getting knowledge into your mind, it's assembling the process of what reality is. In order for me to walk upon, to become a citizen of the world, I have to be able to perceive the flora and the fauna of where I'm located. There's a very great difference between a person that reads about a country in a book of travel and a person that treads the soil. When you tread the soil, so you're in the country. When you read about it, you know about what the country is. The Derech Hashem says, if you understand the Darkan Nevoah, you're in the right world. You can't be Masik Nevoah. But you have to understand the derech of nevuah. If you don't understand the oifnashgocha, you're not in the world. If you don't understand the metzius and the melachim and the shadim, you're not in the world. You have to have a world, and you have to know how to do it as well. That's avoda. So all four chalakim are building the inner vision, the inner world that you align yourself to reality in terms of your internal representation of what's going on around you. Once you've done that, you can begin to tread upon the Derech Hashem. Until you've done that, you're treading in darkness. And therefore the Ramchal did a Chesed When he wrote the small sefer called Derech Hashem, he didn't just give us a new book filled with ideas. He gave us a passport into a world which otherwise has gods at its borders barring us from entry. And he gave us a passport to get through. And therefore, when we go through that border gate, we enter into a brand new world. Which means that the way we'd have to learn the Sefer is not as an intellectual study, but as an exploration of the world around us. So that's the Hakutama to Derech Hashem. How does it re- relate back to the first three lines of the first chapter in Mesila Sesharim? Because it says, You have to know your obligation. He has to know his obligation, his world. What we discussed yesterday was that there's no such thing as a generic obligation because there's always a symbiotic relationship between man and mitzvah. And the mitzvah has a manifestation in every individual according to his unique situation, history, psychology, and geography. What we're saying now is even further that without having a knowledge of the overall picture of how the Metsius works, 
you don't really have a level of clarity in your obligation either. You need the background. You need to have the paradigm. And then you can begin the process of exploration. How are you doing there, Abhay Sai? Semi-interested? Semi. Okay. So, so one step up from, from usual. I'd like to have some semi-interest when discussing deep ideas with a group of tired and bored, otherwise curious individuals. So that's important. So therefore that's an expansion. So therefore that can strike a root, that can build a foundation in a person that he'll strive to a level of Hasidus and that he can reach a level of avoided Tamima. And he can take that passport in his hand and not use it against himself but use it to progress further. Because when a person grasps the passport with both hands and thumbs through the pages in an attempt to see can he enter into a new world, he does so with a focus of getting past the border gates. But sometimes people just randomly have the passport in their hand and they have no idea what to do with it. They take it and they almost use it as a, as a means of distraction. It's a they have the passport, but they say, because I have the passport, I never have to go through the gate. Others I ever take the passport, they approach the border gate, they give him the passport, he examines it, and they manage to get through. But it means they didn't go over the passport for just a small moment. Now let's go into the second kasha we asked on the Ramchal. And that was, yeah, but the motivation over here is selfish. Parents. It's not that I want a Baruch so how will that bring to love? You're building a foundation which is a foundation which is going in the wrong direction. So, I'm about to say something which I'm not completely sure if it's correct or not, but I will suggest it as a hypothesis. There's laughter in the share. The implication from the laughter is, and everything else you say you're sure of? Isn't it all just hypothesis, ego? <coughs> I will take it in my stride. The Rambam we saw recently in the end of Hilchas Tshuva he explains the Maile Sa'ava and he goes on and uses as we saw a series of extremely powerful adjectives to describe the strength of the love between us and Akash Baruch in the ideal state. Ava, Gedoyla, Yeseira, Oza, Moid. And um, he said that the person who's engaged in this love of Akash Baruch so he's in a completely different state of mind, constantly preoccupied with his beloved. But then at the end of the Rambam, he says an interesting thing. He says, but this level, one needs to develop and mature with. You can't teach this to a child. You can't teach Ava to a child. Or to an Amaretz. An Amaretz, you start telling them about Yira, which the Rambam understands as reward and punishment. Reward and punishment. Reward as well. And then, slowly but slowly, you reveal the secret to them. What I respectfully suggest is that perhaps this is hidden between the words of the Ramchal. The Ramchal teaches us a big Hiddish over here. 
that having casting your gaze, which we said is looking at Olam Haba, which we said is the source of the perfect pleasure, is the r- realistic starting point for all our Veda to grow from. It is a foundation, yes, and it is a root, yes. Because that when a person sets out his Derech Hashem to initially engage in the process, his refinement of self has not been distilled enough to appreciate, to be able to experience, the, to vibrate at the frequency of Avas Hashem. When a person's where we are, let's say where we are, where are we? Come, where are we? Are we enamored so much by the Creator that we can't get our minds off it? Or whenever, whenever we have a chance, we stuck our ears to that gigantic, gorgantan earring in the shape of a rounded edge semicircular black berry. Do we? We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not preoccupied. We're not preoccupied with Akash Baruch love. We we're holding at a level where we're ready. It it sounds like very nice, airy, fairy stuff, but certainly it's not speaking to me. So when the Ramchal begins addressing us as a foundation and a root, he's not discussing the upper floors of the building. He's talking about what you do at the bottom of the bottom of the building. You want to construct yourself. Where do you begin the process construction? you begin the process of construction with a knowledge of where you're going to get the ultimate reward. Obviously there's going to be a transition and at a certain stage as you start to put layer upon layer and you build level upon level at a certain point in time there'll be a switch and that initial personal selfish motivation will transform into and that desire for self-indulgence will become avoided to mima. And I think that's perhaps Pshat in the Ramchal. That you can lay a foundation which will build a building which in fact, because of the transformation of the process known as mitoshi lalishma the foundation creates a building different in medium, in dynamic to the foundation that was laid. And I think maybe just to, to end of the share, there are at least another, I see many, many pairs of eyes which, which even though the eyelids are heavy, they have not yet managed to be closed. So I thought maybe I'll end of the share with a very gentle lullaby. So those of you who, who haven't managed to get a decent amount of sleep, can at least lull yourselves into the slumber that the shofar awoke you from, and now you can happily return to. Ah, 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 ah. So that's why I think the could be pshat in the Ramcha, which answers our second question. Second question was, how can you build chasidus and avoid the from a place which is the opposite of chasidus and avoid the the opposite of Hasidus is selfish motivation. The opposite of Avoida Tamima is an Avoida which has an ulterior motive. But the Ramchal's next paragraph seems to explain only the ultimate ulterior motive, which means a search for pleasure. 
The answer is that the way man is constructed, Chazal were megale to us a secret. And that's called And the more we succeed, and this is important, because where we are now, and the person has to be able to, this is, this is a crucial point, that it could be many people in the share, at least the two or three are still awake, will testify to the fact that it doesn't really motivate them to work for this ethereal pleasure that's contained in some mystical place located so far away from my present location. I want to have something more tangible if it's going to really motivate me. Schari Nolamazer is not really such a big motivating factor. To you I reply that one of the principles of chi running or all good exercise technique is that when you do a movement properly you should go out of your way to memorize the feeling of how it felt to be locked into that right movement. If a person's a tennis player for example, a surfer, a tenpin bowler, a basketball player, a musician, a poet. When you, when, you, when you create the right movement, when you get something right, there's an element of synergy that everything fits. What a person has to do at that point in time is try to frame, create a memory of that moment so he can reproduce it. If we want to develop a shaykhist to the geshmakite and the pleasure of Olam we all have moments in our ruchnias where we experience an aliyah, when we experience the closeness, we experience an openness of being, we experience a somewhat sublime pleasure, sometimes on Shabbos, sometimes on Shemana Esrei, sometimes in a deep sugya, sometimes after a shir. What we have to do is we have to memorize those moments and try to build up a picture of that experience multiplied a trillion times. And then when you start to get a sense of that, that creates a motivation. That, that motivation creates a foundation. That foundation becomes solid. It strikes a root. It starts to grow and invade us Hashem. And that's what the Ramchal says. He's at Dhamma to Mrs. Hashem. And um, that's the end. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.